Welcome to the first SDA podcast. We are glad that you have chosen to spend your time listening to this program, and we know that you will be blessed in the process. We pray as you listen to the message today that you will be inspired, empowered, and renewed to have a closer walk with God. I want to ask you now as we transition to the Word of God and the message that God has for us today to turn with me to a piece of scripture. John, the third chapter, verses one through five. The gospel according to John. The scripture reads thusly, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. And in the presence of Jesus said, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered Nicodemus, the ruler, and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven just from this little piece of scripture i want to lift in our time together the subject you can begin again new beginning you can begin again new beginning shall we look to the divine author in prayer Eternal God, creator of the universe, creator of heaven and earth. We thank you for this privilege. Lord, it is my prayer that you would hide me behind the cross. May Jesus be lifted up on high. May the Holy Spirit do his work of conviction upon your people. And may the Father be glorified. We pray this in the matchless name of Jesus, the Christ. Amen. You can begin again. New beginning. You know, when one leaves an old job and starts a new job, it carries with it the hope of a new start, a new beginning. When one moves 
from an old community into a new community. We are charmed with the possibilities of, a, of meeting new neighbors and making new friends. Just as it is with a new job and moving to a new community carries with it the hope of a new start. So it is with the beginning of a new day. The beginning of a new month, the beginning of a new year, 365 new days, if you will. As we ring out the old year, or the old day, or the old month, with its struggles, with its troubles, with its problems, we ring in a new year, a new day, a new month, a new hope. We have a new start, a new beginning, a fresh blank page that is waiting to be written. We look forward to a new year with anxious anticipation. However, as the year 2020 began, 300 days ago, it was full of expectation, full of expectations of better things to come, rather than a new day. 2020 revealed itself as a year with the same old struggles, same old troubles, same old problems, a year that has brought in its wake a new crisis by the name of novel COVID-19, which has crisscrossed our planet as the latest, deadliest worldwide pandemic that has stalked our country, our world, and continues to stalk our country and world. The year 2020 has resurrected old wounds, resurrected the old wounds of privilege, resurrected the old wounds of profiling, resurrected the old wounds of brutality, resurrected the old wounds. It has fanned the fire, if you will, of racial tension, social protests, and civil unrest. The year 2020 has laid to rest a national icon or national icons like John Lewis and C.T. Vivian, Supreme Court Justice uh, Ginsburg and others. And I want to say that the year 2020 has unjustly, prematurely cut off the lives of young people like George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. The year 2020 has seen volatility in the marketplace. The year 2020 has seen hurricanes and wildfires and floods. The year 2020, with less than 60 days that remain in the year 2020, will host an unprecedented presidential election. Because of the volatile times that we live in, there is the increasing interest in religion and in what's next. I find it interesting, beloved, and I trust you find it interesting as well, that God seems to have a way, a 
of being able to, even in the midst of trouble, to somehow bring good. And in the midst of problems, somehow be able to rectify and make things all right. And I don't know how he does it, but he's able to do it. Have you ever been in a situation where things were just literally falling apart in your life, but God has had a way? To come into your life circumstances and be able to recover you and be able to make things right all over again. I don't know how he does it, but he's able to do it. And so it is, beloved, that even in a year like 2020, with all of the things that are going on, that there, that God has somehow been able to transform and to change the, 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 the current client and all of the problems that we're experiencing and somehow bring about the spirit of revival. There is a religious consciousness in the world today and people are asking the question, what's next? Can you imagine, beloved, and we here at First Seventh-day Adventist Church can boast of this as well, a congregation of almost a couple thousand members, but since our church doors have been closed, the membership has not decreased, but we have thousands of viewers that are watching our worship service on multiple continents on this planet. To God be the glory. Great things He has done. Oh, I want to let us know, yes, these are unprecedented times, but we have an unprecedented God who's able to bring beauty out of ashes. So, 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 so it is. In their study, and they say that 90% of uh, the population believe there is a God. Oh, there's a spiritual awakening. Somebody ought to say amen today. There is a, a religious, religious interest of modern technology. For those few. So, so, so I can only imagine those that are listening and viewing online. You too can. The year 2020, with the exclusion of, we see we have modern technology in the year 2020. With the exclusion, the year 2020 resembles the year 30 AD. With the exclusion of modern technology. See, with our modern technology, we have airplanes and we have buses and we have trains and we have automobiles. And But in the year AD 30, they didn't have trains and they didn't have planes and they didn't have automobiles. But there is a resemblance with the year 2020 and the year 30 AD. See, when Christ came to the earth to dwell among men in the year 30 AD, there, had, there were open wounds, just like there are open, open wounds of Roman dominion. However, in the year 30 AD, there was also a spiritual awakening. Just like there's a spiritual awakening in the year 2020, there was a spiritual awakening in the year 30 AD for more than two had given more than terribly wrong. In A.D. 30, the time had come, the hour was at hand for the fulfillment of the prediction that was promised in the Old Testament. I say the year is A.D. 30. And there's a spirit of revival and it fills the air as the multitudes gather in the wilderness to hear the preaching of John the Baptist. 
John the Baptist, as they approach him and they think that, hey, what a wonder, we've never heard anything like this. But John quickly notifies. I'm just the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way. Make his path straight. See, the year is A.D. 30. And in A.D. 30, there's the hope of a better day. And that hope had been renewed because of the presence of Jesus. See, when Jesus appears on the scene, hope had been renewed spiritual uh, there had been a spiritual awakening and so the multitudes gather around Jesus to follow Jesus now the gospel writer we're in the book of John we're in the chapter 3 the gospel writer redirects our attention see in chapter 2 at the last couple of verses before the opening of chapter 3 the Word of God says that the multitude Follow Jesus. And they gathered around Jesus. But when we get to chapter 3, the gospel writer, John, redirects our attention. And he redirects our attention to one person. One person who was in the crowd. One person who gets special attention. He is recognized by the gospel writer. See, Nicodemus, here's the reason why Nicodemus is singled out. This is important for you to know. Nicodemus is singled out from the crowd because Nicodemus singles out Jesus from the crowd. See, whenever we single Jesus out of the crowd and out of the clutter of the world, good things are about to happen. See, whenever we rearrange our priorities and reorganize our agenda and put Jesus first and best in our lives, good things are about to happen. See, whenever we reschedule our appointments and restructure our time to get to know Jesus better, good things are about to happen. Jesus personally, getting to know him personally for ourselves, not my mama's religion or my father's religion, but getting to know the master for myself. See, Nicodemus, who is only mentioned three times in the Bible, and all three times is in the gospel according to John. Nicodemus, not mentioned in any other book of the Bible except this gospel, he singled out and the reason he's singled out is because he singles out Jesus. See, the Bible helps us to understand that Nicodemus, although mentioned only three times in the Bible and all three times here in the Gospel of John, and the first of these three times, we're reading it right now in John chapter 3, that, that, that it wants us to understand that he comes to Jesus by night. See, here's the thing, here's the thing. Why is it that he comes to visit Jesus at night? Now, there are various speculations. You need to understand that whenever people are wondering something, they don't really know what's going on, they're going to let their imagination take them where they want to go. So there are those who draw these conclusions. They said that maybe he wanted to avoid criticism. That's why he came to Jesus by night. There are those who said maybe he was afraid of what his fellow members of the Sanhedrin would say if they saw him with Jesus. So that's why he seeks Jesus. I 
private, uninterrupted conversation about spiritual matters where both he and Jesus could relax and talk the night over. That's what some suggest. And that's what some uh, kind of uh, articulate that must have happened. But this is the thing that I want to say to us today, beloved, and that is that how many, how many of you know that the best thing that can happen to any and uh, any one of us, and that is for us to have a personal encounter with Jesus. So, so, so for whatever reason, Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night. The good news is he comes to Jesus. And like Nicodemus, the Holy Spirit has been tugging at your soul. He's been wrestling and with you and you've been fighting with him and you've been pushing back and, 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 and pushing it back against all of the wooing of the Holy Spirit. And he's pulling and he's tugging at your soul. You need to know that there will always be the crowd with their criticism. You might, you might, you might, you might be fearful of what other folk may think and you may, you may have questions, but like making your life is coming to Jesus. The single most important thing that Nicodemus had done is found right here in this chapter, in this particular passage of scripture, and that is he came to Jesus. Yes, it was at night. Yes, there may be various speculations as to why he came, but the good news is he came. Oh, there are various reasons why you come and there are various reasons why you have entered into God's uh, a fellowship. But friends of mine, the good news is, is that you have accepted the wooing and the call of the Holy Spirit. And even though it has disturbed you and troubled you, you realize that your life has been changed for the better. Oh, oh, can I stay here just for a moment? Can I, can, can I, I know there's only a few of you to answer here, and I'm assuming that the thousands that are on the viewing line saying, go on, preacher, and I will. And as I go on, I want you to know, I want you to know, beloved, that you may be the town drunk. Jesus invites you to come. If the Bible says that all that the Father given me shall come to me, and I will in no wise cast out. Somebody is saying that, hey, listen, you don't understand, you don't know. I have just the night before filled my veins with narcotic and narcotics and drugs. Jesus invites you to come. And he says, I will in no wise cast out. You may have fallen into immorality. Jesus invites you to come. All who will let him come and draw the waters of life. Freely. See, you've been thinking about coming. But like Nicodemus, you want to steal away under the cover of night. See, because you're afraid of what others may say. You're afraid of what others may think. But right now, Jesus invites you to come. So Nicodemus takes the most important step of his life. He leaves the crowd and he finds Jesus. What, what important... What's important about this passage is that Nicodemus leaves the crowd. See, in, 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 in chapter 2, he's in the crowd. In chapter 3, he's singled out, and he singles out Jesus. He singles out Jesus. He comes to Jesus, who's the author of salvation, the fountain of living water, the bread of life, of whom we shall never hunger nor thirst again. The most important thing that you could ever do is Give your life to Jesus Christ. Now, now, like most of Jerusalem, Nicodemus was intoxicated by the spiritual awakening. He joined the crowd to see Jesus. 
But now he leads the crowd to get to know Jesus. Nicodemus studied the prophecies relating to the Messiah, that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. He studied the prophecy about the Messiah, that he would be born of a virgin. He studied the prophecy of the Messiah, that he would be uh, born of Abraham and born of David, that, that he would come of the tribe of Judah, that he would heal the brokenhearted, and that, uh, that, that, that he would set the captives free. He, he studied those prophecies. And friends of mine, the more he studied, the stronger his convictions grew that this is the one and we look for no other. See, see, with many others in Israel, he had been greatly distressed by all the things that are going on. Many of you in the year 2020, you're greatly distressed by all the things that are going on. I want to let you know there's salvation in Jesus. So now he's in the presence of Jesus. And Nicodemus says to Jesus, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. But no man can do what thou doest, except God be with him. Now, here's the thing that you need to pay attention to, beloved. Jesus says, Nicodemus, verily, verily. Anytime Jesus says, verily, verily, you know something important is about to be said. And what follows is important. He says, you must be born again. Now, here's the thing. Now, I wrestle with this, and I want to just, I want, I want you to, to, to walk with me on this. This is a strange thing to say to a man as renowned as Nicodemus. I mean, didn't the master know that, uh, uh, that, that who he was talking to when he was talking to Nicodemus? See, Nicodemus, beloved, is somebody. I mean, I mean, really. Nicodemus is not just anybody. He is somebody. He is a ruler of the Sanhedrin. See, 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 the word of God helps us to understand a little bit about Nicodemus and his background and uh, the, part, uh, the, the fraternity that he was a part of. Nicodemus, he, see, see, one of the things is he looked like somebody. I mean, you've witnessed, you've seen people, they just look like somebody. As soon as they step in the room, they, they grab your attention. They look like somebody. Freeman, Taylor, suit robe and he's wearing his Stacy Adam patent leather sandals and he's accessorized in Calvin Klein leather embroidery phylacteries worn as a as a headband or on his head. Nicodemus, beloved, looked like somebody. He looked like somebody. He must be somebody. See, Nicodemus, Nicodemus not only looked like somebody, you need to understand that Nicodemus talked like somebody. See, I mean, I mean, Nicodemus, he had acquired the best education of his time. He was honored. He was an honored member of the National Council of the Sanhedrin. From his lips flow poetic eloquence and the highest level of education of his day. Somebody. Nicodemus looked. Nicodemus, Nicodemus, my friends, not only did he look like somebody, and not only did he talk like somebody, but Nicodemus acted like somebody. See, 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 there are those who, they walk in a room, they look like somebody. And, 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 then, and then they may even speak and they may sound like somebody. But then from that point on, everything just seemed to kind of fall apart. <laughs> but, but, but for Nicodemus, <laughs> he looked like somebody, he sounded like somebody, and he acted like somebody. I mean, think about it. He's a ruler. 
He's a senator of the parliament of his day. He's a theological professor, if you will. He prayed two hours a day. He fasted twice a week. He tied all of his income. Somebody. Amen. Nicodemus, beloved, was somebody. Now, because he looked like somebody and he talked like somebody and he acted like somebody. He was somebody to the Jewish nation. Now, now, see, so, so, so Jesus says to him, you got to be born again. He got to realize, Nicodemus, he's somebody. Now, I mean, think about it. If Jesus had said that to the woman at the well, that would have made a whole lot of sense. This woman comes with seven husbands, and the one that she has is not hers. <laughs> so, so that would make sense. You need to be born again. <laughs> now, now, I mean, stay with me, beloved. Nicodemus, Nick, I mean, and then, then there is Zacchaeus. The tax collector. Jesus said this to Zacchaeus, the tax collector, who had defrauded his own people. In fact, Zacchaeus was so bad off, we understand him to be the most hated man in town. So Jesus comes to him and says, hey, listen, Zacchaeus, I mean, Zacharias, I mean, uh, Zacchaeus, you got to be born again. That would make sense. But when he said it to Nicodemus, somebody who looked like somebody, somebody who talked like somebody, and somebody who acted like somebody. It just, but you know what? You may say then, preacher, why did he say that to him? And here is why Jesus said what he said to Nicodemus. Because Jesus knows man's heart. Ah! Ah, the Holy Spirit is tugging at your soul. Spirit of God has been moving on you. You've been pushing aside. You've been rejecting. You've been hanging on mama's religion and you've been hanging on daddy's religion. And God, and God knows. He knows your heart. That's why, beloved, he won't let you go. He won't let you run into the craziness and the foolishness that you run into because he knows your heart and he's trying to save your soul. He knows what's in everybody's heart. He knows what's in his heart. So he says to him, to this man who knows his heart, you got to be born again. Jesus knew what it was that was in Nicodemus' heart. And he says to him, you must be born again. See, here's the thing, beloved. See, you, you, you can't pay, pass a law and make people love each other. It has to come from the heart. That's why... Jesus says, you got to be born of the water, water baptism, which is an outward show that I'm professed, that I'm, a, I'm on Jesus' side. I've committed my life to him. But then you got to be born of the Holy Spirit, where you have allowed the Holy Spirit to take residence in your soul. See, the Bible says, know, what know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost and that the Holy Ghost dwells in you? It is the Holy Ghost dwelling in you, which revile, which, which, which brings about the revival in you, which brings about the transformation in you. Jesus knows the condition of the heart and he knows the answers to the problems of your soul. So, so what causes lying and what causes cheating and what causes prejudice and what causes social injustice and what causes social inequalities and what, what causes all the things that disturb us today? Jesus knows and he knows is right there in the heart of man. He knows your heart. See, sin is not normal. Sin is abnormal. 
And God never meant for us to have an evil heart. He meant for us to have a perfect heart, an obedient heart, a, a loving heart, and a living heart. So sin is rebellion against God. And the Bible says we're born in sin and shaped in iniquity. The Bible says that by one man sin entered into the world. But by one man, the man Jesus, salvation comes to whosoever will. Let him go. Draw the waters of life freely. It's, it's interesting. It's interesting because there are those who like to make fun of sin. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. There's one sociologist who said it this way. He said, oh, man, sin is what you find on a dessert menu, like peanut butter temptation, <laughs> like chocolate sin, like devil food cake, <laughs> you know. But, but the Bible, when it defines sin, it defines sin as transgression. That's missing the mark. It defines sin as, uh, this, as, as sin that's where we're constantly ignoring God and we're turning away from him. The Holy Spirit, as he works with us, beloved, we know something is right or, or something is wrong. And, but because we deny it and we reject it, the next time when the Holy Spirit comes, that voice is fainter and more silent. And, and now wrong doesn't seem wrong anymore. Now it's starting to look a little bit more like right. And that's because of constantly pushing the Holy Spirit aside and constantly pushing him away. Sin, when the Bible talks about sin, it talks about it as transgression. It talks about it as, as sin. And it talks about it as iniquity, which is outright rebellion against God. Jesus reads the hearts. And he saw that Nicodemus had an empty void that needed to be filled. I want you to know you can begin again. I want you to know you can have a new beginning. And it comes, as Jesus says, through the water, but moreover through the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. See what happens, what happens, what happens, just a moment now, just a moment now, not quite ready yet. Just what, what, what happens is that when we meet the person Jesus, though we may not be physically reborn, we are spiritually reborn. Nicodemus, when he asked the question, how, how can I be born when I'm old? You know, the Lord said, it's, it's, it's a mystery. Now, once again, it's interesting how people speculate. I'm about to bring this to a close, but let me, let me, let me just say this. It's interesting how people speculate. So, 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 so with things that are a mystery, it's hard to speculate because they're what? A mystery that you can't understand. So some have tried to explain the mystery of salvation. You've probably heard it before, and I, I think it's worth repeating. They try to use the agricultural, agricultural world to explain it, where they talk about the black cow, how he eats green grass, but he produces white milk. See, they, they, they're trying their best to explain it and to make sense of it. Some have tried to use the uh, language from the technological world, where, 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 where we have smartphones that uh, are like an engineering marvel, uh, but yet many people are just satisfied to just know how to turn on the button and turn it off. They try to explain the, this mystery uh, of salvation, just like when you have to go for a medical treatment or go to the doctor uh, for, uh, for some procedure or even possibly surgery. You may experience surgery. 
You may even experience some medical treatment, but yet you don't have to have a degree in anatomy or know all there is about anatomy to be able to accept by faith that what the doctor and what the medical team is doing for me is in my best interest and going to work out in my best behalf. But here's the thing. I like how Jesus explained it. Yeah, there are those who've attempted to have tried to explain and they've given their, their, their philosophical views. But Jesus in the verse eight of chapter three, he says the wind blows and it blows as it chooses to blow. And no one knows from whence it, it, it comes. The wind is invisible. He talks about how you have the, the, the that it's heard on, on the, uh, among the branches of the trees and how it's rustling in the leaves, but yet it's invisible. You can't detect it. He describes it as a mystery. So it is. And then he uses that as an analogy to help us how when we're talked about being born of the Spirit, how it works, how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. He says, we can't explain it how he does it. But a person may not be able to tell the exact time and the exact place or be able to trace the circumstances in the process of his conversion. But this thing, he knows and he realized that there's something that a change has come over me. And it is through Christ's Holy Spirit that brings about this change. And when we invite Christ into our lives, and when Christ takes residence in our lives, and we allow him to transform us, and we allow him to change us, and we allow him to give us the makeover, then he produces in us the fruits of the Spirit. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. He reveals himself uh, through us, through the fruits of the Spirit. So sinful thoughts are put away. Evil deeds are renounced. See, love takes the place of hate and peace takes the place of anger. And humility takes the place of pride and joy takes the place of sadness and kindness takes the place of envy and patience takes the place of intolerance because the Holy Spirit is doing the work on the inside. See, baptism is just an outward show. It's just like showing up at the wedding. But you still got a marriage in front of you. And it is because of the indwelling of the Holy Ghost that that marriage is able to survive crises after crises and their good times and their tough times. But it sees you through because the Holy Spirit is dwelling within you. See, here's the point in point. And I'm, we're going to get started in just a second now. Here's the point. You cannot change yourself. The Bible says your righteousness. Point to somebody and say your righteousness. No, no, don't do that because that might be your spouse. So don't do that. <laughs> you cannot change. It. The Bible says that your righteousness is as filthy rags. You cannot change yourself. See, see, so what we need is the garment that Jesus puts on us. You can't put on your religious garment. You can't put on your good deeds. You can't put on what you consider your worthy attainments. We cannot earn, we cannot uh, bring our own garments. Number two, we cannot earn our own salvation. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. You can't earn your salvation. We We need is a complete transformation. We need a new. We need 
That's what we need. Because my time is gone, let me tell you a quick story. Because I try not to be a long-winded preacher. <laughs> I just try to say what God wants me to say and be, and be able to sit down and be done with it. But, but, but let, me, let, me, let me say this one last thing. I may take a few moments in saying this one last thing, though. But <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me just tell you this true story. This true story that I want to tell you will sum up what your role is when it is in coming to Jesus Christ. Your role in coming to Jesus Christ. Because I just let you know, the Holy Spirit does the work. Jesus, his Holy Spirit, they've already done the heavy lifting. Jesus died on the cross. Jesus did the heavy lifting. What is it that you do? What is it that you can do? I think it's best summed up in this story. It's a true story. I love true stories. So when we talk about true stories, we're talking about that which is non-fictional. So, so it's a true life experience. It was, and the, the story is so riveting that it was pinned in a book. And you know when they're great stories, not only are they pinned in a book, eventually they're made movies. You probably, you probably uh, heard something about it. It's called Moneyball. And it's the story of Billy Bean. He was general manager of the Oakland Athletics. We call him the Oakland A's. And it was the year 2002. Major League Baseball uh, a program, and it's the Major League Baseball season. And so this general manager, Billy Bean, decides to do something that is off the chart when it comes to baseball because typically they have the scouts and they draft the players and they do this and they do that. But he decided that he was going to hire a economist, uh, a gentleman who had a degree in economics from Yale, and this young man uh, brought into uh, this uh, uh, program this concept called sabermetrics. And it's used among uh, enthusiasts in sports fantasy. So fantasy sports. So those, and they look at the different statistics and they're able to kind of determine uh, which team would be the best team and which team would win uh, the championship in, in fantasy. So he decided to bring that same concept to real live baseball, to the major leagues. And so uh, it worked for him. For, uh, uh, in fact, they were able to win 20 games in a row. They had broken uh, a, a record that later on would be broken by some other team because, you know, that's how things go. But they had won 20 games in a row and were able to come from the bottom of the division to eventually make it into the playoffs. But a sad scene had taken place uh, for Billy, uh, because he wanted to go to the World Series and win, but they fell short of one game. It was this young man who was this economic major from Yale who said to Billy Bean, listen, let's talk for a moment. So they talk and he takes him into uh, uh, the room to show him some clips in a film and he shows him the film of a player that Billy Bean had drafted. And his name, the name of this player is Jeremy Van Brown. Now, the, the story goes like this, that uh, Jeremy Brown is there up at the plate, and he's, it's time for him to be at his bat, to, 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 to bat the ball, I mean to bat. And there is he there, he's at the, at the mound, uh, uh, right there. Then there is the pitcher who's getting ready to pitch the ball. He pitches the ball, and Billy swings, and he connects. And when he connects... Billy, I need to say this, this is important. Billy's all, 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 all overweight. And so 
He has seen the younger, uh, uh, smaller players that have rounded first base and head on into second. In other words, they were able to turn a single into a double. He had hit the ball, and it looked as if he had hit the ball far enough. And as he got to first base, he rounded first base, but for a professional baseball player, the most horrific thing happened, and that is he tripped over his own feet, falling to the ground, embarrassed. Now, he didn't want to make matters worse. He is crawling like a baby back to first base. And there, as he crawls to first base, he is dejected. He doesn't want to lift his head up. Surprisingly, members of his own team come and try to get him to stand up. Members on the opposing team are trying to get him to stand up. While he's there, dejected, having fallen to his face on the ground, trying to round first base. And... As they try to get him to stand up, the discovery is made. He had hit a home run and didn't even know it. Not just a base hit and got on first or a double and made two bases or triple and three bases, but he had hit a home run and didn't even know it. I want to let you know, beloved, you can begin again. You can have a new beginning. It's also a like manner that we as sinners, we can begin again. We can not atone for our past sins and we cannot change our own hearts. And But Jesus has already done it all. He's already died on Calvary's cross. He's already made the provision and the Holy Spirit dwells in us and he's doing his work of transformation in us. I want you to know that we are already, as, the, as, as Paul says in the book of Romans, we are already conquerors. But I may be talking to someone who's a conqueror and doesn't even know it. Someone that Jesus has already gotten the victory for, but he doesn't know it. She doesn't know it don't realize what has happened and I want you to know you can begin again see in Christ I'm done now so now you can play <laughs> in Christ so don't tell anybody that I went over 30 minutes in Christ you can come to him and get a new beginning. You may doubt, but now is the acceptable time. Today is the day of salvation. Somebody's doubting. But I want to remind you of that paralytic that was in the Bible. Remember? There he was. He had been lame and paralyzed for 38 years. Remember I told you, Whenever Jesus shows up, something good's about to happen. Jesus shows up. And Jesus says, rise. Get up and walk. Now, the man could have drawn his own conclusion and said, well, Lord, you heal me, make me strong, make my muscles big again, because they've atrophied over 38 years, and then I'll get up and walk. Yeah. But what the man did, he obeyed 
God's word. So when Jesus told him to get up, he just simply responded. And those limbs that had not been used for 38 years, they responded. And there he was, standing up, taking his bed, and walking to his destination. Somebody hear that note? <laughs> Jesus already paid it all. <laughs> That's why the songwriter says, all the him <laughs> He's already done it. He's already done it. Already done it. Now what you have to do is just simply accept it and believe it. You can begin again. You can start all over again. You have a new start in Jesus Christ. But but you don't know about my past. You don't know what I've done. And you don't know where I've come from. You don't know how all of my hopes and all of my dreams have been shattered. I want to let you know that you don't know <laughs> who my God is. Who my Savior is. That he came to seek and save the lost. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. But that the world through him might be saved. So there are those that are present here just want to remind you you could begin again and you may you may even stumble last night you may have stumbled sometime this week but you could begin again you could start a new beginning you don't have to wait till the year 2021 your beginning starts today yeah. and there are those that are viewing our worship experience and worship service i want to let you know that right now that they're on the screen will show you how to get in contact with us and to let us know that hey listen i need to begin again i need a new start I need to be able to put aside or put away that which is in the past. And I need to be able to look forward to a brighter future. I want you to know that, yes, yes, a new day brings a new beginning. But I'm talking about a new day in Jesus. The old things are passed away. And all things become new. I love what the scripture says and what it reminds us. It says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah, yeah. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to give you that new start. He wants to give you that new destiny, that new day. Just simply give him your heart. And so on the screen, you may be requesting prayer. We have a team that's willing to pray with you. You may be wanting more study in the word of God and said, hey, listen, I've learned some things today. I want to continue a deeper study in the word of God. This great God who cares so much about me, I want to know more about him. Well, you can just get in touch with us and we have our Bible counselors that are prepared to share with you from the word of God, the love of God. And then there are those who said, you know what? I've been wondering so far from God for so long and now it's time for me to come home. What do I have to do? I want to let you know that you can prepare for baptism. You could be a part of our baptism. We, right there, look at the number that is on that screen and get in touch with us. Whether you're interested in prayer, whether you're interested in study of the Word of God, a deeper study of the Word of God, or whether you are interested in baptism, just contact us and let us know. That's that's the work of God. That's why God has sent us to do this amazing work to lead you to salvation to bring you to a connection and a relationship with him who loves you with an everlasting love how much does he love me he died for me what is he willing to do for me he's willing to do any and everything for you the very fact that you are still breathing your breath 
is because God is giving you one more opportunity. He's giving you one more day. He's giving you one more moment. There was a thief that was on the cross and his moments were about to expire. But in the moments that he had left, he said, Jesus, remember me. Somebody today need to say, Jesus, remember me. Remember me. Let's pray. Our God and our Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for your word, Lord. It is through the foolishness of preaching that men and women are able to come to Jesus Christ. You ordained this practice, and Lord, through your Holy Spirit, it still works today. And hearts are softened, and lives are given over to Jesus Christ. And we say to God, be the glory great things he has done so thank you lord for those right now that are responding to the text that is crossing the screen those lord that are seeking more study with you those lord that are reaching out to you in prayer and those lord who said that hey listen you know what the time has come all to jesus i surrender all to him i freely give and I want to go with him in the watery graves of baptism. I want to have that complete cleansing of the water and of the spirit. And right now I'm welcoming the Holy Spirit in my life to take residence, to take charge, to be the captain, to be the director, to lead me into the paths, into the places that I need to go that will bring glory and honor to the great God of heaven. Thank you. And we thank you in the blessed name of Jesus. Amen. Well, beloved, I want you to know that it has certainly been our greatest honor and our greatest joy to worship with you uh, today. And it is our prayer and our hope that you have been blessed by today's worship service experience. And we share with you ways that you can reach us and get in touch with us for further study and for further uh, time of worship and, and an opportunity to get to know the master better. We do uh, trust and pray that God will bless you this day and bless you this week. May God richly bless you. We know that you have been blessed for listening to this message. Join us next week for another inspirational message. If you would like more information about the First SBA Church located in Huntsville, Alabama, or have a prayer request, please visit us at www.firstsdachurch.com. Our services are streamed live on Saturday mornings at 11.30 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. Central Time. And you're invited to watch these live programs on our website. Until next time, may God richly bless and keep you in His care.